When we become transformed by the love of God, we see differently. Well, there are so many people that allow a spirit of condemnation to keep them from entering in, but that's not God, it's the devil. But we will be vessels that are going to let him pour in so we can pour out. We must learn how to continually receive because there's going to be more of a demand upon all of us to give out. And we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit because we misjudged whom he was working on because we had an old mindset. No more old mindsets. Joel chapter 2 and in verse 28 it says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Well, church, he just poured his spirit out. He just poured it out. Now, we know on the day of Pentecost is when he came and he poured out his spirit on all flesh. We also know that we are living in the last days. And he said, and in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. It's not a one-time occurrence. It continues to happen. It is a continual flow for those that are seeking and are those that are hungry. And sometimes you just get ambushed because you weren't seeking. But God still sometimes ambushes you with the outpouring of God's glory. But how much better it is when you actually seek him for it, right? And press in for it, right? So he says, it shall come to pass that afterward I will pour out my spirit on all flesh why is it so important that God pours out his spirit on all flesh so that we learn to walk under this anointing and it is a learned thing we have to learn to walk under this anointing the more that you start to literally submit yourself to Christ and the anointing that he pours out in your lives then the more it does become easier and easier but we will be vessels that are going to let him pour in so we can pour out and that is exactly what we just did there is a beauty realm that we literally tap into when we allow God to do this in and through us are we all are you all with me so far yeah? So there is a realm of God's beauty that we tap into. You cannot get there any other way. Amen. There is no other way. You must submit yourselves fully and completely and find that sweet spot. And let me tell you, not every believer does. Not every, not every believer does. They don't all understand it. They haven't really been, you know, it just hasn't happened to them yet. Whether it's because they haven't been taught or they haven't pursued, whatever it might be, I don't know. But I'm telling you, not every believer will experience this incredible presence of God of what I'm referring to today in his glorious outpouring where you're completely in another realm. You're in another realm and God just continues to open up your eyes. We're talking about not walking and led by a spirit of religion, but truly walking by spirit by the sons of God are led by the spirit of God right so walking by the spirit of God grounded in his word right okay so he's pouring out his literally pouring out his spirit on all flesh now when you turn to Isaiah 44 and in verse 3 for I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. Have you ever been thirsty? Like, I mean in the spirit realm. Like in the spiritual. Obviously, you've all been thirsty in the natural. But have you been aware of your spiritual thirst ever? Because if you say no, then what I, what I that tells me, <clears throat> if you've never been thirsty spiritually, then that, that does reveal the level of maturity because the more that you press into God, the, you know, the more you realize, my God, how much more there is. And there is a spiritual thirst that starts to come about and you just, you can't help but continue to press in because this thirst that he gives us, allows for us to experience, it's because he knows and wants for us to press into him and let him be what satisfies you, right? So, we, it's good if I say, have you been spiritually thirsty? Because if you have, and most have, 
Most of us have, and it's a good thing because you realize, I got to keep on pressing in to him. I got to keep on touching the, the hem of his garment, and I get to stay as saturated in his word because he says, I will pour out. See, he says, I will pour water. I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. So sometimes it's just thirst. Sometimes it's complete hard ground. It's so hard. Could be various reasons why it's hard, but it's hard ground. But he says on that dry ground, on that hard ground, dry ground. If it's a dry ground, okay, anyone that, you know, you plant or you're, you, you like gardening, you understand if it's dry, it's hard. Right? And so, but he says, I'm going to do what to the hard or dry ground, but flood it. He's going to flood it. So there's good news on the other side of that hard or dry ground because he says, I'm going to flood it. And our job is to say, Lord, I want to press in for everything that you have. I'm not going to stay in a parched land. Right? I'm not staying in a parched land. So I will pour out water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessings on your offspring. So now he's saying, I'm not only going to do it for you, but I'm going to do it for your children. I'm going to do it for your children's children. I'm going to continue to do it. I'm going to do it continually because I am pouring out my spirit on all flesh. Praise the Lord. Somebody say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We are ready for the latter rain. We are literally ready for that continual increase of God's latter rain. And he always saves the best for last. God always saves the best for last. And we can use the word of God and we can look through and we can see how God does this continually. He turned that water into wine and he turned it into wine on the end, at the end of the wedding. Not at the beginning. Right? So... So hang on, because hope is on its way. Deliverance is on its way. There is the water that is turning into wine. He saves the best for last. Latter rain. The latter rain. Yes, Job lost everything, but he was restored. And he was given back twice as much. He was given back double that which he lost. So we're going to get ready for that continual outpouring. You know, we had recently had a conference. We just had our fired up conference. And we, we called it that glory outpouring. And it was beautiful. It was a glory outpouring. But I know that we called it that because of what God is doing here in this church, what he has been doing. So it wasn't just, hey, now we're going to do this. No, he's been doing. He has been pouring out his spirit. He has been doing this incredible outpouring here. And when we had that conference, it's because this is the flow of what he is initiated, what he is doing. And so now what I'm seeing is another level of increase, even after that conference, another level of increase for all of us. Who else can testify that, my goodness, there is, a, and here's how I would describe it. There is an anticipation. There is a, a, a yearning for more, a belief for more, a hunger. I can't tell you how many people, both online and then those that have my personal cell phone number, that they will text me throughout the week and tell me, I can't wait for Thursday. I can't wait for Thursday. We just love to be together. I can't wait for Thursday. I can't wait for Saturday. We just love to be together. We love to worship Jesus. There is an expectation and a hunger that's increased for the presence of God because of what he is doing. And, and so, yes, we thank God for this incredible outpouring, but he promised it to us. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power, dunamis power, to perform miracles. 
And I've taught you this before. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses. Well, what was one thing that we prayed for today? But to literally be those witnesses. That we would have what we have. We would receive what we receive. We would receive that anointing in an increased measure so we would go out and give it out. Amen. Right? That's what we prayed for today in worship. That's, what, that's as the Holy Spirit led us to pray. Because you know that we don't have these scripted worship sets. We have songs we sometimes get to them. And most of the times we do not. We might get to one or two or a phrase or two. But I'm telling you, God takes over. Holy Spirit takes over. But he ushers us into a whole other realm. And he has taught us how to worship in this way. And it's not that we've done, we're done, we've arrived. Oh, my goodness, there's so much more. But that's why I said teach us how to worship. Because our lives need to be continual expressions of worship, not just singing. Amen. Right? It's not just singing. Our lives get to be expressions of worship. We are vessels of glory and honor unto him. Not just unto him. If you're going to be a vessel of glory and honor unto him, of which God is talking about today, then you're going to be a vessel of glory and honor unto one another. Because what you do unto one another, you it's like you've done it unto him. So when we honor one another, we're honoring him, right? When we are, when we're concerned, when we pray, when we see, when we stop, when we care for one another, we are honoring him, right? When we believe in that individual and we believe the best, we see Christ in them instead of seeing the flesh still. We all have the flesh, right? We all, it's, it's here, but we get to see as Christ sees because we are spirit beings and we are called to call one another up higher. Amen. So when we honor one another, we're honoring God. When we honor God, we're also called to honor one another because we are vessels. We are vessels of glory for him. Right? And so we contend for his presence. And that's what we've been doing. And uh, let's, let's turn to Exodus 33, verse uh, 15. And this is when Moses said, I mean, he said, I will not go unless your presence goes with us. He said to him, this is what he said to the Lord. He says, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. Lord, forgive us for agreeing to, being a part of anything that your presence didn't lead us in. Right? It's true for everyone. Give us sight, spiritual sight, ears to hear, that we would only choose where your presence leads us, truly your presence. So he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. Presence, that word presence is panim, which means face. And so, you know, I don't want to go anywhere that I can't see your face, see your glory. I don't want to go anywhere that your presence, your face isn't before me. I don't want to go anywhere that you have not literally led me by your, those beautiful eyes that God has for us. And he looks upon us and his eyes are upon us. I don't want to go anywhere that your glory isn't. This was what Moses prayed. He experienced, he had an encounter with God that completely changed his life. Right? He had such a glorious encounter. He looked different. He was different. And yet from that encounter, he came out of that encounter, what? Wanting more. 
I'm not going to go unless your presence goes. I don't want to go unless your presence, your presence, your face, the panim of God. I want to be able to go. I want to be able to see you. I want to be able to connect with you. I want to be able to love you. I want to hear those words. We can hear the word of God and the love of God literally showering upon us. Can you? You can hear it. You can see it. Now, some of these things, what I'm referring to right now, are only heard and understood in that realm of God's glory because they are hidden until we press into the purity of his face. Are we all still following? So, so if anything, this should entice you to really press into the secret place more and more. If anything, this should really be a, a clarion call to say, wow, God, I just want so much more. I don't want to be busy for busyness sake. I want to slow down and press in, right? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Yeah, so we're, we're not, just, not just an understanding of an intimate relationship with him, although that is important, right? And, and not just a feel-good worship service or a feel-good day. Oh, you know, that's fine. That's great. It's not a bad thing. But the face of God, the face of God. So that implies a close and personal encounter with the Lord. I will not go unless your presence, your face, goes with us. And let's look at verse 18. Well, let's look at 17 and 18. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. Wow. This is his prayer. This would be like someone having a, recording your time of prayer, and then writing it in a book so that everyone can hear it and read it. I mean, it's beautiful, right? But what I'm trying to get you to understand is this was his prayer time. This was his devotion with the Lord. This encounter was his devotion with the Lord. He was having this conversation, this prayer with the Lord. And it's beautiful. We read it, but it should not really be any different than our prayer time with him, right? And so he goes on and he says, verse 18, please show me your glory which is the weighty presence, which is the beauty of God, the weighty presence of God. Please show me your glory. Moses wanted an intimate knowledge of God himself. He wanted more than what, what the average person understood and experienced, do we? Yes, absolutely. Because there is more for us to grasp. Because there is more. No one has, I don't believe anyone has entered in and received everything, understood everything that God has for them. I believe there are, is, oh, there's always more. God always has more. And so, but I do believe that, that various people are on different levels of maturity and understanding. And it's really not because God doesn't want you to have it, but because of who's pressed in more. Right? And so we get to press into the presence of God because he wants to reveal the supernatural things that he has for us, the things that are not visible with our natural eyes, the things that he wants to speak to your heart to unlock your heart so that you literally will walk in a place of freedom instead of a place of bondage, but yet religion called it free. So there's a lot of what religion would call free, but it's actually bondage. But when you press into the presence, the face of God, he starts to show you things in a new light. And he starts to show you things in a new light so that you realize this is intimacy. This is an understanding of the word and the spirit. This is truth. And now what happens? You become transformed. 
Moses was becoming transformed by the love of God. When we become transformed by the love of God, we see differently, right? We feel differently. In other words, our emotions become more healed. We act differently. Life becomes different. It becomes incredibly beautiful. And it's the love of God that gets us there. And like I said before, if you're going to honor God, you're going to honor one another. Well, when we love one another, we're loving God. Right? And so when we love one another, we're literally, we're literally learning how to love God and show that tangibly. Amen. Because faith without works is dead. So it does work together. It works hand in hand. So we get to posture ourselves continually. We get to posture ourselves in this beautiful, beautiful place of complete surrender unto him. Hallelujah. So whose, whose job is it to, to be ready to just enter in our job. It's our job. So we will position ourselves. Yes, Lord. We will position ourselves in that presence of God where you display that glorious presence. And in 1 Kings chapter 8, this is when Solomon dedicated the temple. Some of you can turn there if you like, but I'm just going to read it to you. But when Solomon dedicated the temple, the manifestation of God's glorious presence, it prevented the priests from doing their duty. And we've had that. From time to time, we have had that. You know, how God pours out his glory, that's up to him. Amen. Our job is to enter in in purity. Our job is to enter in clean hands, pure heart. Our job is to enter in expecting, ready, just loving him, loving one another. How he pours out his spirit is up to him. We ask, we press in, but... He moves in different ways at different times because he's doing different things. And we can agree to that. And we can accept that and we can appreciate that because he knows the end from the beginning. So he knows what you're all going through. He knows what's going to happen, right? He's all knowing, right? So however he decides to pour out his spirit that day, all we know is we come hungry and we come ready. We come cleaned, right? Make sure our hearts are right and ready. And how he pours out, that's up to him. So there are times when he pours out his glory that we cannot, just as I just read to you here in 1 Kings, when Solomon dedicated the temple, the manifestation of God's glorious presence was so, so strong, it literally prevented the kings from performing their usual duties. Now, I know that those that are regulars here can testify when that happens, and it has happened on a numerous occasions where you cannot move. And I'll tell you, my legs are like, wait, I cannot move. The glory, the, the Shekinah glory, you know, of God, it's so strong. We can't move. You can't do the normal duties. It's times that happens before service. You can't even barely walk in the room because of the glory of God so thick, right? That's what God was doing at that point in time. And that's what God still does as he wills. It's as the spirit wills. Because, you know, people would love to make a religious rule out of everything, even that. Amen. Well, it's got to be like this. No, it's got to be yielded to the spirit of God. And it's got to be, Lord, let your ways come forth. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done today. We come with clean hands and a pure heart ready to worship you, right? So we don't make a religion out of anything. Like, we're not going to make it like a, you know, just a rote or just something we just have to do or, you know. We come expecting. God does the whole. He, he's the one that takes us from where we are and takes us to a whole other realm. 
So the, so that's, and it's a beautiful thing. I do believe that this is very important that we, we get this because we, we get to enter his presence by the blood of the lamb into his holy presence boldly, but by the blood of the lamb. Hebrews chapter 10. Yes. And verse 19. Because it says, by the blood of the Lamb, we can enter into heaven's holiest place. Therefore, brethren, verse 19, having boldness to enter the holiest, the holiest, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. We get to do this. Let us draw near. We draw near with our thoughts. We draw near with our faith. We draw near. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Amen. I know I've preached that so many times. Come with an expectation. And you guys are hearing me. And you guys are doing it. Which is why there is such a beautiful move of God's spirit that's increasing in this house. Amen. Amen. So he says, with true heart, full assurance, having hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Here's verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. We can know for sure. We come in with the confession of our faith without wavering. And he who has promised us is faithful. He is faithful to fulfill. Amen. And consider, it says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. And haven't I already mentioned that? To consider one another. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much the day, as you see, the day approaching, the day of his return. He's referring to even as you see the day of his return approaching. Do not neglect the assembling together. He's saying, I want you to enter boldly into my presence. And you're entering boldly by the blood of the lamb. Because of the blood of the lamb, we get to enter in. Because of the forgiveness, that's what the blood of the lamb, we are forgiven. We get to enter in. But we, enter, we get to enter in boldly. We get to enter in as vessels that know you've been approved by God. You have been called by God. And you've been approved by God. You know, there are so many people that allow a spirit of condemnation to keep them from entering in, but that's not God, it's the devil. They, can, they, they feel condemned, and then they listen to the accuser that keeps them condemned. But God says, no, I, I don't give you a spirit of condemnation. That is not coming from me. Repent, get it right, enter in. But instead, people will stay away when God says, I want you to enter in. You are already forgiven. You are already washed by the blood of the lamb. Now let's just get it right, live right, but enter in. And there's too many that go, oh, no, I just, and they stay out. Out of what? Out of his glorious presence away from reading his word, away from church. But it's going to change because God is releasing his warriors, which is all of you. He is releasing his warriors, every one of you, as an army that gets filled for sure, absolutely gets filled up, gets the understanding, but not just understanding, the supernatural power to go out and be the hands and feet, the vessels that we're talking about, the vessels that is now going to give him glory. You're going to go out then. You're going to go out and you're literally giving up. Not everyone will understand. Not everyone will accept it. But you will find those that will. Because it's called divine appointments. 
There are divine appointments that God has placed for every one of us Amen. to encounter. And these divine appointments are literally sent from heaven. It's like picking fruit off of a tree that is so ripe. Sometimes, you know, you, you, know, you pick fruit off a tree and it's not ripe. It's not ready. It tastes horrible. You let it sit on the counter for a long, long time. And sometimes it never even ripens, right? Sometimes it actually goes rotten before it ripes. How many of you guys can testify? I, we like to garden, so I've always gardened. My family's always. So, you know, it, yeah, sometimes it ripens. Sometimes it doesn't, right? But when it's a divine appointment, it is like literally that fruit is ready to be picked. You don't even have to pick it. You just shake the branch and it falls off. Divine appointments, right? But God is giving those divine appointments to us. Let's not miss them because our focus is off we become distracted. No, Lord, we thank you because we get to enter in by the blood of the lamb. We get to enter in boldly, but we enter in boldly by the blood of the lamb so that we can go out and be a vessel for someone else to enter into. It's all about kingdom dynamics. It's all about the kingdom. It is all about the kingdom works. We are vessels of God's glorious outpouring. God has already deposited on the inside of us everything we need because we have the Holy Spirit. Amen. He said, I'm pouring out my spirit on all flesh. He's already poured it out. Everything we need has been poured out. So we're going to give them that which Jesus has already spoken for us to give, and we are anointed to do so. You're already anointed. See, what typically happens is people go, well, I'm just going to trust God for it. I'm going to trust God to bring that healing. I'm going to trust God to bring that deliverance. I'm going to trust God to speak that to that child, to that person. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God. Well, that's good. We are called to trust God. But we're also called to be the hands and feet of Jesus and do. And when God says, I've already equipped you with something, and you're a vessel, and in this vessel, it should not be empty and hollow. This vessel is not just beautiful on the outside, but empty and hollow and useless within. Amen. We must be prepared for the greater outpouring. And there is a greater outpouring coming. We must be prepared because God is pouring out his spirit. And he's pouring out his spirit in incredible ways, which means you're going to see a lot of people entering into church that don't look like you. They don't look like church folk today. Some of them look like people that you go, they're not saved, really? Because do you know their heart? And do you know what God is doing in and through them? Are you ready? Are you a vessel that is ready to give out? Or are you going to be a vessel that says, well, they don't look like me. They don't smell like me. They don't act like me. They cannot be me. That's right. They're not you. But they're supposed to be carrying the spirit of Jesus, of which we are too. Right? So we're going to be vessels of God's outpouring, vessels of his glory. And so we must learn, we must learn how to continually receive because there's going to be more of a demand upon all of us to give out. And we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit because we misjudged whom he was working on because we had an old mindset. No more old mindsets. Don't get me wrong, there's honor, there's purity, there's order, but not that religious spirit that kills the spirit and lets the flesh live. Oh, I said something there for somebody there. That religious spirit that wants to kill the spirit but let the flesh live, come on, and it's all in a disguise of, re of religion and Christianity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good because I know I am. I know. I know that's nowhere in my notes. 
That's what comes forth out of the spirit of God. Because when he wants to speak and there's a vessel that says, have your way. You're going to get nuggets from heaven that are not written down. They're not prefabricated. They're not already meditated on. But it's pure from God's Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you. Yes, we just want to be vessels of glory. But there's a work to be done. And I believe the work is for all of us. I don't believe anybody. I think we can all grow in this area. I believe that we can all grow. And I, here's the best way to grow. And I already said it. I've already mentioned it. And it's to let the love of God fill you up. Because anything else is works of man. When we let the love of God fill us up even more, we will literally see like he sees. Love like he loves. Identify what others misidentify. 